Hey everybody, and welcome back to Hyphenated Arabs, also known as the Nap DC podcast. So we are getting the hashtag blessings. This month we are back, finally. So we were on hiatus. We had a recess just like Congress. So <laughs> everyone was busy this summer. So we decided to take a short little break and um, get you all ready for season two. So to kick off season two, we had Helen Zugabe, who was a really well-known artist throughout the Middle East and the United States as well. She has her artwork in the White House, in the Library of Congress. She was, it was gifted to Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. These are amazing achievements, and I was pretty much fangirling the entire interview, so please ignore any sort of noises you may hear coming from me. <laughs> but before we get to the interview, you guys know the drill. We're going to talk about a couple of Nap DC events coming up, and we're getting into October, which is the spookiest month of them all, and that obviously means Halloween. As you guys know, we had elections recently. One of our new board members decided to come up with an amazing idea that I think would be really great. We wanted to get your feedback on it. It would be a Halloween-themed party, but come as your favorite Arab actor, singer, politician, both old school and new school. I think this is an amazing idea. But we're toying around with that idea, at least for our next event, um, our next big event, because we have small events in between our big events, and one of them is the book club. So we can't ever forget about the book club because that's one of our most popular and well-beloved events. And the next one is coming up on October the 17th, which is a Wednesday. And the book is Mornings in Janine, so it should be a, a great read. And you still have time if you haven't picked it up yet. Um, it's not until, like I said, October 17th, and the time is at 7 p.m. So yeah, you got plenty of time. Pick up those books. We'd love to have you. And um, in other announcements, we just picked our new board members, and we'll be doing a public announcement, hopefully hopefully within the week. If not this week, it'll be next week. Um, but likely, you'll it'll be this week. And um, you guys can know who our new board members are. They're really excited. They're really pumped up. We're pumped up. We're excited about new events, hopefully, that will be coming up throughout the year. And um, But yeah, that's so far. That is it for October, the month of October in planning. Of course, if you have events that you'd like to see or that you would like to assist in planning, you can always contact a board member. I always love hearing from people. And um, just flag us down and be like, hey, I'd love to see this event or that thing. And, you know, we'll try and make it happen. We're all volunteers, but we always try to, to do the best we can in planning events for you guys. Okay, well, that's enough of Laura's rambling for today. Um, please enjoy the interview with Helen Zugabe. I had so much fun. I hope you have fun listening to it. And um, as always, happy listening. And we'll talk to you guys soon. So welcome back to Hyphenated Arabs. We are here with Helen Zugabe. Did I say it correctly? You did. Okay. So <laughs> I'm really bad. That's why we. it's going to be just me today. So normally we have Amr with us, but it's going to be just Laura on the podcast. So the Arabic pronunciations are going to get really interesting. <laughs> but Helen, so just to give a little bit of an introduction to Helen and her work, Helen is an artist. She was born in Beirut, Lebanon living mostly in the Middle East and Europe before coming to the United States to study art at Syracuse University. Um, her work has been exhibited around the world and in the United States and Lebanon. Um, her paintings are included in many private and public collections, including the White House, which still blows my mind. <laughs> world Bank, Library of Congress, the US Consulate General in Vancouver, Canada, American Embassy in Baghdad, 
the, American, the Arab American National Museum in Michigan, and the DC Art Bank Collection. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> Just to give an intro to that. So, Helen, thank you so much for doing this. We really welcome. appreciate everything. It's my pleasure. Um, so, just to start out with the intro, mm-hmm. how did you get started? I know that's like a really big thing people ask artists. Yeah. So, where did it all begin? How did you get into art? What was, what was the process like for you? Well, I think I really, I was always interested in it. And I think growing up in the Middle East, seeing all these incredible colors, patterns, the light, somehow it gets absorbed in you. Yes. And whether or, no, whether or not you know it or not, it's sort of in there. So, and, and, and for me, also my grandmother, my Lebanese grandmother, had a natural gift. And, um, you know, we would watch her crochet and put colors together and patterns together. You know, just something inside of her. And apart from that, I just really had an amazing professor my junior year. And then I decided I wanted to go to Syracuse to study art, and you have to apply and submit a portfolio to get in there and then fully concentrate on that. So at at Syracuse, I learned how to use the paint that I love so much. It's called gouache. I love gouache. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of artists can't stand it because it's a bit unforgiving, and they don't, like, you can really mess it up. Yes. And so, but I love it. I mean, for me, it's like the only thing that I can control in my life. <laughs> Everything else can, you know, go to hell. But, <laughs> but the gouache, you know, I have a little bit of control on it, and I love it. Um, the colors are so clean, and I can get it very nice and flat. And um, I, I just, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So. Then moving here to Washington, I decided I'm just going to go full speed ahead, you know, pound the pavement, see what's going on, and um, start making my life as an artist, which is hard. Yeah, it is, especially, Um, I'm sure, as an Arab-American woman, telling your parents, I want to do art as a career. Well, yeah, well, that was better. I first wanted to be a singer. Well, that went right oh, out. But my dad is like, no daughter of mine is going to be singing in front of men. <laughs> and my mom, my nice American mom, agreed too. She's like, no, dear, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, but you can do art. Right. So, I did. I do have their support till now, too. I mean, it's really, Fantastic. yes, I do. Um, and, yeah, in terms of how my art kind of fits in since being in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really found its uh, kind of niche. Uh, and my voice, which sounds sort of cheesy, but my voice as an artist, as an Arab American artist. Right. I do say that, even though some people don't like to be defined. Sure, it's good to let them know. It's, so yeah. They can associate good things with Arabs as well. And that, exactly, and especially after 9-11. Because I think that's when I became more, um, let me see, pointed in mm-hmm. trying to tell our story after 9-11. Because there was so much um, misunderstanding and stereotyping mm-hmm. um, about Arabs, Arab Americans, sure. Muslims, especially after we went into Iraq sure. and Afghanistan. Sure. So I, I wanted to focus on, like, as I said, like telling our story, of instead of it being told wrong by somebody else. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I know you and me touched offline about this. Mm-hmm. How do you, as an artist, I struggle with this quite a mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. as an artist, um, introduce politics into your work? And do you feel like it's important to do, or do you feel obligated to do that at all? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I, I do, I, I, as I said, I don't think of myself as a political artist right. per se, though a lot of people look at my work in a political sense. I feel more that I'm talking about the human condition and from a personal, my, my point of view is from the Middle East. So I refer to what's happened in the Middle East the Arab Spring, the wars, and now the refugee crisis and the civil war in Syria. Um, so I feel important, I feel that it is important to talk about those issues in my work. Um, I feel that that is an artist's responsibility. Um, I think decorative work is lovely. There is definitely a place for it. I don't think artists always have to have a message. But for me, at this point in time, it seems important to, to, to have my message heard. Though I want to create something beautiful also to look at. Of course. Yeah. So it's like, it's like an ulterior motive, like right. I said. But um, I do feel that artists have a place in this world, whether they're musicians or dancers or poets, certainly, or writers, um, to uh, speak to the issues that are going on now. Because ultimately, when, when people look back, like for instance, Guernica for yeah. Picasso, right. the, probably one of the, the greatest war, if yeah. you want to say, paintings of our time. Sure and possibly into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that painting stands as a testament, an artist's vision of horror. Right. Um, and so, Picasso did many other things, but for instance, when he first did that painting and it became known, there was a high-ranking officer, mm-hmm. a military officer who came into his studio to see it. And he looked at Picasso and Guernica, and he said, ah, so you did this. And Picasso said, no, you did it. It's amazing. It's amazing, right? Because that's it. He took it. They created the heck, the hell, and the war, and we are left to document it in the best way we know how. And I'm not a politician. I'm not a lawyer. Um, This is the best way that I know to tell the story of what's going on. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective mm-hmm. to see like artists as um, documentarians. Like we yeah, like yeah. most people can consider like if we wanna you mentioned like if someone showed pictures of like dead children, like in terms of like Syria, like you would get an instant reaction mm-hmm. to it. To art, turn away. To turn away, exactly. But in your art it's it's just so beautifully done. It's not overtly political, it's visually pleasing mm-hmm. to look at and you take elements of like classic Middle Eastern, you know, mosaics, geometric patterns, right. and just put it in this almost like storytelling. It's a story. It's not yeah. really politics. It's just beautiful visual storytelling. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I think I think for a lot of people, me included, it's very disturbing to look at pictures of 
uh, the victims of war, especially yeah. young young children, yes. what's going on now. So you turn away from that. It's a normal reaction to turn away. So when you do turn away, you're unable to look behind it. You're unable to do something about it. It's like you're almost stuck. And, and we can only take so much. Right. And there's a lot of horror in the world. There really is. There yeah. really, really is. I'm, I'm not certainly not just limited to the Middle East. And I hope my work speaks in a broader sense. But as mm -hmm. I said, that's from my standpoint, perspective. my perspective. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we mentioned the storytelling element to your work. Mm -hmm. um, you have a, I don't know if it's a series or if it's mm -hmm. a single piece called Stories My Father Told Me. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with, with that idea? And how do you feel like you... Do you think like telling your personal story helps people relate more to things? Yeah, I mean that that's a great question, and I hope my dad won't hear this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> so that series, <laughs> that story is uh, the that series is called Stories My Father Told Me, and you know the word hakawati, it means storyteller in Arabic, oh. and in general, it's uh, an older relative or an older member of the village community that tell stories to the younger generations, so they pass on the traditions, mm -hmm. the stories, the morals of that village to go through. It's like another form of education, right. uh, of things that are important, of you know social mores and so on and so forth, and also family history. And so my dad is the Hakawati in our family, and we grew up with him, yeah. We grew up with him telling stories about our family. Um, when he was, he was born in Damascus, um, as a young boy and had many stories coming from that time and then he went into Lebanon. He was born under the French mandate mm -hmm. and then he went into Lebanon and until he um, uh, was able to immigrate to America at around I think maybe age 18 or something like that. But all the stories he told us and um, I wanted to paint them right. and even though he didn't want me to. <laughs> he said, no, that's it. He said, no, He's, he thinks that these are private. They're, yeah, they're not for other people. They're private family stories for our family. So my mom intervened. <laughs> and uh, he, he finally agreed to write the stories for me. And he would give them to me. And I painted them. And uh, this has lasted over several years until a couple years ago, or maybe last year, he said, this is the last story. I'm not doing any more. And um, I was sad. Yeah, I was like, no, Dad. Because they'll come about like uh, like something might trigger it. Like, like my sister asked my father one time how he got fresh milk in Damascus. Mm -hmm when he was a little boy and he said, oh, the goats brought the, brought the, brought the milk. And you know, then he began telling the story. I was like, oh, great, another story from my collection. Yeah, yeah, the, the peddler would come with the special goats, the Damascene goats, and they would come to each house and Tata would go and they would milk the goat, whether you want halib or you want to make uh, yogurt, leaven, leaven, okay, yeah. And daddy would play with the goats before he went to school. And so, yes, yes. So they talk about a time, 
I don't know if it's gone by or not gone by because the younger generation come and see the stories and they remember the card games, they remember the traditions around it. So I don't think it's really gone, by, gone, gone. That's good. Yes, and inshallah, we're getting a book. Soonish, knock oh, on wood. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Can you elaborate on the uh, book? Out of Kuhn Press in Seattle, and um, uh, we are now just in the final, final little little stages. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I have nothing yeah. to do with the publication, but I'm so <laughs> excited, and I cannot wait to get a copy and hand it to my dad. Oh my gosh, it's the best. I mean, So the best, yeah. yeah. And I think he was really surprised at how many people related to the stories, but also other people from different countries all have their own. Yeah. It's an immigrant nation, right? Exactly. You know? I mean, other people can relate to our culture. It's amazing how much they can. It's very family-focused. Exactly. Very, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of how you work, mm -hmm. um, this is just from an artist to an artist. Yeah. I love to know these things. Yeah, um, sure. How do you how do you choose your topics? Is there a process you go through? Um, and like, do you what do you think about digital work in terms of like how art is transitioning now from more traditional to a little bit more digital? Do you think it's a good thing? Yeah. There's a lot of questions in there. Feel yeah. free to add them. <laughs> yeah, th those are good questions. So in, in terms of, well, yeah, because since the beginning of the Arab Spring, right. um, and that happened to be the first time I went back mm -hmm. to Lebanon, okay. and Jordan mm -hmm. and Syria I had never been to. I'd never seen where my, my dad was born. Um, yeah, and we went back. I did a big show in Beirut, and when we were evacuated from the war, the civil war in Lebanon, we left Daddy there, and he later joined us in Paris, but when we were leaving, I asked him when we would come back, and he said, you'll be back in a week. Really? And that week was 35 years. And so when, I, when, we, when we finally went back, mm -hmm. did my show, drove to Syria, drove to, you know, everything just prior to the Arab Spring. Sure. And all the, yeah, yeah. sadness. Right, exactly. So when I came back, I began working on the quote-unquote Arab Spring. I still use that term mm -hmm. uh, for continuity's sake sure. in my work and, you know, to sort of put a parenthesis yeah, around people it. People recognize that. They do. a lot. Everybody does. Yeah. All, 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 you know, though it has devolved right. for sure. Um, but yes, you know what I'm referring to—the the initial uprisings and then yes. and revolutions and those those uh, heady moments of optimism and right. so on and for for maybe social change and so on, less authoritarianism, mm -hmm. and then the devolution of it. So yeah, mostly I'm a painter. Mostly I would say I use gouache yeah. as we talked about. Right. Though some of these pieces, some of these ideas, so I'm touching on a couple of your questions. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the concept um, can is is better executed in another medium. Yeah. So, in other words, it for me it won't work as a painting. Mm -hmm. So, very scarily, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I 
go off into my, and either it's successful or it's not, and if it's not, I hide it and no one ever knows. <laughs> but I've done several installations, this quote unquote Arab Spring, and now into the eighth year that I'm working on this body of work really, has led me to move also into some more like installation, three, mm -hmm. three dimensional kinds of pieces. It's not the bulk of my work, right. but some ideas come out better than in that way, as far as I'm concerned. I feel like I can better express my point of view right. with this particular installation. Like for instance, I painted 22 little children's shoes. They're beautiful, they're mismatched, some have uh, uh, laces, some have, but yes, but what I refer to, and it was, what I was painting them months and months before the little boy washed on the beach. Mm -hmm. Remember when the Turkish yes, soldier found him? That pivotal photograph. So these shoes are ch small children's shoes, and it's the, I, I really am referring to the little kids that are crossing borders, mm -hmm. that are uh, displaced, yeah. that are incredibly vulnerable, that are living in situations that no little child should live in, um, and these little shoes. And shoes are such an important, they take us around, they take us to our next destination, yes. they take us on journeys we don't know. Right. We need them to walk so we don't hurt our feet. We, you know, they're so, such an important symbol. Yes. And um, so, for me, it seemed very natural to, to make them my canvas. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. And it's, and I, um, the title is called the places they'll go, yeah. and I'm taking off on Dr. Seuss. Oh, oh the places, places you'll go. go. Children choose. Also, the idea of the fact that the difference between that little boy mm -hmm. and I don't have kids, but right. a, a child here, for the most part, is luck. Right. This child here gets to listen to that Seuss book mm -hmm. and say, yeah, sure, I can dream. My hopes will probably be realized, right. you know, whereas a lot of those little kids don't, they won't, get that. They won't. Yeah. their story will not be told. Right. Exactly. Their story won't be told, and so I feel that that is important to, um, you know, let people be aware of that, right. and let's not forget what, what, what has happened, exactly. you know, yeah. um, and it's easy to do. Right, it's easy to do. Yeah. And you... Do you have any advice for emerging artists who want to take, like you're, you've exhibited in these amazing places like we've touched on at the mm -hmm. beginning. How, as an artist, do you relate to people on a level where you're able to get to a level where with, you know, to have a piece at the Library of Congress, have a mm -hmm. piece, like do you have advice for emerging artists in terms of like how they can use their medium to relate to people in order to get to that level of achievement. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, amazing. I mean, it is amazing. It's great. No, I feel, knock on wood, it's incredibly lucky. I mean, the Library of Congress, um, it was right after 9-11, and they, um, I was in a big, big exhibition, mm -hmm. and they ended up acquiring a piece of mine mm -hmm. that I did in direct response to 9-11, and it was called Prayer Rug for America. I don't, you may have seen it yes, on my website. And there, I was trying to bring East and West together in one, in a piece 
their little shoes there at the end is if you can walk right in and have a moment to think, not a divisive painting. I really feel like it's important to, uh, this is a, such an overused phrase, but to build these bridges and to bring people together as opposed to dividing them. Yes. Yeah. So once in that particular instance, um, when I got that phone call, I tried to keep it on my machine for a long time. <laughs> Until one day I was like, yes, and then it was gone, you know. But yeah, but they, yes, but then what happens is then they follow your career. So since that initial time, they've collected other works of mine. For instance, some of my Arab Spring pieces, which are important. And you can go in there and study them and look at them, and they'll pull them out. Um, I would say there's an element of luck and an element of timing involved in some of it, um, and being kind of in the right place at the right time, yeah. and certainly not giving up. And if it is not connecting, all the dots aren't connecting now, you never know what's in the future. So I also have learned that in my career that things are like little dominoes. So something will happen here, like I meet you here today, let's yeah. say. Oh, and then somehow next year, someone who knew you or someone who heard this, oh yeah, well let's do that. I mean, these yeah. little connections are made. Exactly. And you build up this kind of network. Yeah, yes. Network. Yes. It's so important for artists to have. It really is. Not to make it like a business. Though but there is that aspect. Like yes, aspect there is. There is. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're wealthy enough to have an agent just to do it all your, you know, oh, to do the dirty yeah. work for you. Exactly. You just make uh, these connections with people um, in your field. You go to shows, you go look at art mm -hmm. and and you know, and and if if you're really passionate and and you're good in your sort of craft. Yes. You will be successful. Right. Mhm. Mm yeah. yeah. You have to kind of Someone was telling me this the other day that being an artist is like almost like being a doctor. It's almost like a calling. Mm -hmm. You just kind of innately yeah. know this is what you should do. Yeah. And most of my family's in medicine, so like oh, when interesting. I said, hey, I'm going to do art, they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a yeah. calling. It yeah. really is. And yeah. you have to be passionate, you're right. You do. You make those connections. You do, and you have to. You have to believe that you have something to offer. Exactly. You know, you really do. And if you have, if you feel um, passionate enough about some, a story that needs to be told, right? And you feel that you can tell it. Yeah. I, I say do it. Do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Are there any exhibitions you have coming up that you'd like to let people know, or is anything? on the horizon in terms of projects? Yeah, I have a bunch. One right now for Tell local people. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right um, uh, at GW and Corcoran uh, Gallery 102, there's an interesting exhibition that was curated by a Tunisian oh, curator on, on yeah, oh yeah, on water. Oh. And the idea of water, um, and it's called Water My. My means, yeah, yeah. Uh, water in Arabic, and um, uh, the subtitle is Trespassing Liquid Highways, yes, and it refers to water as uh, a vehicle to be traversed in whatever way, and you know, um, people trying to come here, sure. um, people getting drowned in here, yeah. trying to come, uh, or to Europe, or so on and so yeah. forth, or 
Greece or Italy uh, from all over, and so it's it's a fascinating show. Um, I have a piece called Another Brick in the Wall. Uh, I refer to that song, but also it's to do with refugees and also their background of these incredibly beautiful, beautiful patterns based on embroidery. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and then also um, several pieces from a new series that I'm doing called the Syrian Migration Series. Mm -hmm. That's based on Jacob Lawrence, the African-American artist who, yes, he documented visually through his paintings the migration of African-Americans from the south to the north in 60 panels. Yeah, and short little descriptions are at the Phillips Collection okay. and at MoMA in New York. So I was thinking about them, yeah. and I was thinking, hmm, that was a very important migration that affected the world. And this here, with the Syrian yeah. migration, it has affected America, it has affected certainly the Middle East, yes. Turkey, certainly affected Europe. Yes. And with all of that and the backlash against them has also created a more extremist point of view regarding them and regarding their agenda. So um, I am working on, I think I have like 18 pieces now, yeah, of the Syrian migration. And I'll just keep working on that series until the story is told. Okay. Hopefully that's with peace in, in uh, Syria, inshallah too. Yeah, so I'm working on that and then um, I'm going to be in a show in Pennsylvania and, and, and an interesting one at the um, Arab American National Museum for this audience. And that is um, called The Far Shore. And um, there again, it's about immigration and more in particular to the Arab experience of immigration, whether personal or in our family. Um, and I think the curator has invited, I think there are five of us artists to respond to certain poems. So there we can talk about poems. And I am honored to have been asked to, um, to respond to Naomi Shihab Nye's painting. Oh, uh, po sorry, her painting, her poetry. Her poetry is amazing. I have like two of her books that I mean, I know. I, I just, speak. I know, so. I know. She's amazing. <laughs> She's great. I know. And here I am, I'm like, yes, I'm so excited. So I'm responding to her poem. Oh, she's such a beautiful person. Like, oh, she's just amazing. Me too. I get to see her in November too at the museum. I'm so excited. Me too. So her poem is called The Art of Disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will be responding to her poem. Um, with several different pieces um, that'll be shown opening in November at the museum and going into next year. So there'll be a lot of chance for all you guys to go out there. Absolutely. Go to Detroit in the winter. Go. It's great during the winter. <laughs> it's so, it's like, it's like 80 degrees and sunny. There's never any snow. I know. Hardly, right? The museum is it's so beautiful. beautiful. Have really, you been there? I have. I love scary. it. I feel like I, I, when I walk in those doors, I feel like I'm at home. You do, and it just—you just to see all this amazing achievement. Yeah, you just feel it's like so oh, proud. Right, we're, we're doing okay. Yes, oh, right. <laughs> I know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really. I'm very excited about that. 
Yeah. And did you mention, I've heard, so me and Helen are Facebook friends. I'm plugged <laughs> in. Uh, and I saw that you, was it something at CBS? Oh, yeah. Oh, I my mean, gosh. I've never seen CBS. How could I forget okay. this? <laughs> what is she doing? Yeah, can you believe that? I was contacted kind of out of the blues about from the art studio at CBS. Yeah. Um, and they they wanted contemporary Islamic art. And Islamic doesn't have to, it's, it's you know, in the it's more wrong. general yeah, sense. Yes. Exactly. Uh, to be... Um, part of a scene on one of their episodes. on, And this is um, NCIS, oh, New Orleans, yes. October 9th. Oh my gosh, y'all look for, Mark. The, look for the picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, one of the, one is one that you like. Oh. Yeah, Reimagined Peace. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have like a, literally a list of all Helen's pictures that I have to buy at some <laughs> point in my life on my, on my laptop. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. It'll probably just, oh, and the, the episode is called Diplomatic Immunity. Oh. So it's supposed to take place in a consulate in the in the uh, United Arab Emirates. Yeah. So I have no idea. Oh my God. I'm just so excited. Oh, just kind of yeah, so excited. So they chose four paintings, um, and then they take the file and just blow it up really huge, and then. Yeah, I don't know how they put it on there. I have no idea. Um, and so even if it's like a tiny second, but it's so cool, right? It's really cool. Mm -hmm. I had to like just mention that. Thank so you. Amazing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, October 9th. October 9th. Y'all check it out. <laughs> and, and for people who see your work, like, let's say they tune in October 9th, and they're like, oh, can I, I want to really buy that piece. How can they contact you? What's a great way for them to buy your work? Well, thank you for that. They yeah. can they can go to my website. There's a contact there okay. at hsugabe.com. Hsugabe.com. Yeah. I'll make sure to link it if you guys, when you guys are listening. Oh, to the website. Yeah, that website. would be great. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that would be fine. I don't put, you know, prices and sale things on there. Right. So, in general, I, like I also like to build a little relationship too because he, yes. <laughs> I'm like, "Really? Are you a nice person?" <laughs> oh, no, you're bad. Oh, you don't get my no. But, because like a lot of people think of artists as like very aloof and like reclusive and they don't want to meet people but that's great that you do that well it's if it's it's uh it makes me feel yeah. better i also get so many amazing people that i end up loving and oh, being friends with so how nice is that because i don't work in an office i'm in my studio right. all day long yeah. all night long so yeah. i don't come out i i, I don't like I'm already reclusive, you know. You know what I mean, and and, and and I'm glad. I mean, you need that. But then, when when you find somebody who loves your work enough to actually spend money on it, it's very meaningful. And there's a connection there that you may not have just as an office workmate, you know. So there's already, and so truly, some of my closest closest friends are through my work. Yeah, yeah, I get to meet the most amazing people. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm inspired. I don't know if y'all are inspired, but I am. I'm going to go paint something right now. But um, thank you so, thank you so much, much for doing this. Oh, it was a pleasure. We can't thank you enough, but we are... Big honor. Oh, it's a big honor for us, really. Thank we you. are so excited that you're able to do this. And thank you. You guys check out hsugave.com and go to her shows. Support your local artists. Support Arab American artists. That's what this whole thing's all yeah. about, guys. Yeah, support each other. We've got a lot of different sides. We do. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. 
Helen, do you have any last words for the yeah. listeners? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And um, this was such a big honor, Laura. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Okay. We'll talk to you all soon, and um, we'll keep you posted on other NAP events coming up later on this month. Thanks again.